We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my darling, my spiritual pathmate, my light worker, my truth seeker. It's wonderful to connect with you on this beautiful day. Thank you for being part of the energy of Empower Radio. So yes, relationships can indeed be confusing and complicated, and love can be a tricky subject. At least this is what I used to think. It seems most songs, movies, fables, and more are devoted to love. So clearly, it's a pretty big topic for human beings on planet Earth. I don't know about you, but I have wanted to understand the true meaning of love. And it seems my intention and desire has opened the floodgates to answers, wisdom, and truth. I love to have conversations and contemplate the word meaning and feeling of love. And today, I'm continuing a conversation I started with a friend that began about 10 years ago. I received a call one day, and this lovely male voice with a bit of a Texas accent informed me he'd ordered my book, Manifesting Love from the Inside Out, about two weeks prior, and it hadn't arrived. I felt terrible. I felt a little mortified and a touch ashamed. But I can see now that all things were perfect. We were destined to speak and become best of friends. So I'm happy to be sharing with you my good, dear friend, my soul brother and spiritual touchstone, Trevor Lang. Trevor has spent the last 20 years diving deep into his own soul in search of meaning, truth, connection with God, and love. His journey has led him into many beautiful and enlightening experiences, and he's going to share some of those here with us today. Some of his great influences are Don O'Donohue and Eknath Aswarian and a host of mystics and teachers of wisdom and scripture from around the world. Trevor's experienced many fun adventures, mystical adventures along the way, and what he loves most of all is the journey of awakening. We have that in common, and I'm so happy to be sharing him here with you for a second show on Journey to Center and Power Radio. Thanks for saying yes to these conversations, Trevor. You bring my heart great joy. Well, thank you, Tammy. It's a pleasure to be here. So I want you to talk a little bit about how we first met. You called me and you're like, where's my dang book? I know you didn't say it like that, but I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh, I messed up. I made a mistake. This is so terrible. But God laughed and said, this is so wonderful. <laughs> I've been wanting to connect these two souls. <laughs> yeah, it was very magical. Um, you know, for me, I, that was about 10 years ago. I've been coming out of some really deep soul searching and I knew that I had to choose to change but I, I really didn't know how to go about this and there's a lot of things just missing in the way I was looking at the world and I think I was looking at Chuck Dane's website at the time and uh, but I hadn't hadn't looked at anything beyond his teachings and I walked out into a parking lot uh, not far from my home at that point one night and I just held my hands up to the sky and I said God please show me what love is Teach me what it is, the, the true deep meaning of it. And, you know, I left it at that. I walked home. Next day I got up and I was looking at Chuck Gaines' website and, and I noticed he had other people that were associates or friends of his on there. And I saw you and I saw your book titled Manifesting Love from the Inside Out. And, and right there and then I was like, okay, <laughs> I just asked for this last night and, and here this is showing up. So I 
I rolled with it. I ordered the book. And, and, and then like it didn't said, show up. <laughs> it didn't show up. And so I, I called the number on the website and, and you answered. I didn't realize it was you at the time. And you eventually re- you know, revealed your name was Tammy. And I said, are you the author? And you're like, yes. And I was like, okay, well, this is too cool. And yeah, I remember you, excuse me, I remember you laughing. And you told me, uh, you said, well, not many men <laughs> were reading this book. That's why you remembered my name. And uh, I really chuckled at that, but I went with it anyway. And I, I loved that book and I did all the exercises in it. And it, it truly was an answer to what I was looking for at that space and time for me. It, it was perfect. And I know we're not going to get this verbatim, but I, we were having a conversation, maybe, I don't know, two months ago. And I said, so you asked God what love was and how would you describe love now? What is your understanding of love now? You're probably just going to have to tap into something new because what you said was exquisite magical. Um, I yes. doubt I could ever say it again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember that moment, that conversation, and it was very uh, in, in the moment of the spirit. Yes. Uh, so but, love isn't necessarily about finding the one or even being the one so you can attract the one. It's something much more expansive than that. My understanding, that's the animating force and essence of who we are and of all of life, but you said it in a much more magical, lyrical way. So maybe you can just like tap into your truth and share what you know love to be at this current moment in your life. Absolutely. Well, you're right that it is a, a very deep and beautiful, mystical and magical essence. I think essence is a great word to, to describe love because it's a, it's a pure form. It's formlessness, and yet we understand with perfection, in a sense, what love really is. And it's, it's something that goes far beyond ourselves. And I think that's why we picture that as God. God is love, because it, it is a, a state of being that is beyond our own selves. So the more that we merge with this beautiful idea, this beautiful state of being, it is the ultimate freedom that we're seeking, but it's also the ultimate fulfillment. That's so true. And, you know, I look back at the the young girl that I was that was trying so hard to find love and get love, who didn't know she was love, and wondered why none of these relationships worked out, because I was, was not personally identified with love. I didn't, on some level, believe I had value. I didn't believe I was lovable. So how is it going to be possible to experience a relationship where that was the exchange? So in my book, I mean, part of the reason I wrote it was because of my challenging path in relationships and realizing I have to pull my energy back, you know, because I was like, God, how do I manifest a man that loves, adores, and cherishes me? And he goes, love, adore, and cherish yourself. And I was like, oh God, that sounds terrible. I'd rather do anything but that. Isn't there another way? What I heard so clearly was not unless you want to play games the rest of your life. So I really had this like aha moment. I need to pull my energy back, really focus on my relationship with my own heart, with my own soul, with God, and change my belief about who I was. Not this like limited little stupid girl from Kansas trying to find somebody to love her. I had really changed the whole paradigm about who I was. And now I do identify 
myself as I'm just love. I'm in a body, but the essence of who I am is love. And people are like, how, how can you be so nice to people who hate you or aren't nice to you? And I'm like, because I'm love and they're love and they just don't know it yet. Or, you know, and it's, yeah. it's all good. That doesn't prevent me from being in my loving. And it's just like what you said. It's the most, it's freedom. It's so liberating when we start to identify ourselves as just the embodiment of love. Yes. Yes, it's a way I think of, you know, I love Tao Te Ching, the way of power. And it's not talking about a, a power that is a forceful power, but really the kind of ideas the sages and the ancient uh, gurus that would release and let go and surrender into the way of power. And love does that. Love doesn't force things. It's, it's a way. And it's a way that embodies identity and personality. It's, it's such a beautiful thing. It's really hard to, to wrap our minds around what is love. But love to me is, is a gateway and a door and a way of being. And I say being as state of being. You know, it's, it's interconnected. You cannot extrapolate one part of it from another. It's, it's all intertwined. And it's so beautifully enmeshed. I, I can, I, you know, you talk about the way you felt about yourself, and, and certainly I've struggled with a lot of that in my own past. Um, and I've had other situations where I, I was at work and we were outsourced to a company, and I tried everything I could think of. And I was meditating and talking with God, and God and His Spirit said to me, He said, Why don't you try the one thing you haven't tried? And I said, What's that? He said, Why don't you try loving the situation? <laughs> I had not thought to love. And I, I changed the way I was going about this and, and took this in as a model of higher truth and instead of trusting my own self. And I began loving these people and in a way that was professional and just, you know, if they did great, I would give them awards. And you know what? The whole thing turned around in a very short amount of time and, and absolutely just transformed the whole experience. It was wonderful. So Trevor, I love what you're saying. And my sense of love these days is it's a state of grace and it's, um, it's softer. It's, it's gentle. And to me, um, expanding in love in my life has really been about getting into this space of gracious receiving. And I do this every morning as part of my meditation it's just like opening my mind and heart to receiving this gentle wave. And I perceive it as like this sparkly light descending down over my scalp and imbuing into my, my body and mind and lining me up with my soul. It's very sweet. It's very sacred. It's very gentle. And um, sometimes I'll hop up and go to the restroom before I do this. And I'll look in the mirror and go, oh, I need to get back into bed and get my gray space on because it feels like I'm like pushing and I'm struggling and it's like oh I, I would rather be carried by the wave than have to like swim upstream so I get back into bed and I just imagine receiving this gentle sweet energy of grace and love just opening my energetic posture to the space of receptivity and kindness and sweetness and gentleness and it seems this has really shifted my perception of myself and my experience of life and like you had said it's it's kind of an experiment but I think it's been a pretty great one and one I'm going to continue probably for the rest of my life. Absolutely. Yeah. Once, once you get a taste in the, uh, of the goodness of how wonderful walking in grace and love is, 
you know, you just can't go back. You won't want to go back. There's no desire to. I know I'm not going back to the ways I used to think. (laughs) And I really feel like the journey of the hero, I don't know what your thought about this is, Trevor. It's moving from the head to the heart. It's moving from um, intellectual principles more to this like feeling state of just grace and beauty. It's uh, getting out of logic so much and getting more into magic. Yes. I, I think, you know, as, as I continue to experiment with these ideas and of truth that I come across, the way it's presented to me, you know, if I were to rewind back some years, I, I would not think of it as a strong thing to let go of my ego. My ego would have be a feeling state of strength. Mm-hmm. But, you know, after all these years, I realized that's actually the weakest point for me to be at mm-hmm. is in my ego. And it really takes a daring soul to have the faith to sit still and say, you know what, I'm going to surrender this and I'm not going to do anything about it. By that, I mean, I'm not going to follow the path of my ego about it. I'm going to sit still and, and, and allow God to work in this this uh, situation and watch what he does. And I think it takes even even more daring to really get into a feeling state of, hey, I've already received a great outcome. Mm. But that's actually where the adventure really gets fun. Yes. And I love everything you're saying. And this reminds me, you know, it's like you are the quintessential man's man. And I think that was part of your identity. It's like, can you talk, you used to bend nails. It's like you were just this like this strong, manly, manly man. And I think it's hard for anybody to surrender and move into this more receptive state, but especially for a manly, manly man. <laughs> so can you talk well, a little bit yeah. about that? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I used to bend nails and uh, I bent the iron mine red nail. A lot of people probably don't know what that is, but you can look it up. But uh, that was a great, tremendous challenge of strength for me and I used to skydive and rock climb and mountain bike and and I love those things but uh, you know underneath the facade whether whether it's a man or a woman we're we're all putting on masks and I think for a lot of men I think uh, what we call masculinity is is often really hiding behind fear Mm. and it as I've journeyed into a more gentle state than I used to be in uh, it's not that I chose that. I think the more you encounter love in a genuine uh, experience, it just changes you. It, it, you know, you don't have to go and prove yourself out to other people by bending steel or doing these other things. There's nothing to prove to anyone. You're not being compared to anyone. It's really just a relationship between you and God. It's intimate. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful, and it and it releases you from these barriers of fear, these masks that you wear. And you really just become more and more one with God. And God embodies masculine and feminine in my experience. And, and in a way that is, is more magical than both. It's something very beautiful. I can't quite describe it, but it, it changes you in those ways. Yeah, I think that that's so true. And I do think we all wear false masks. And a friend of mine said to me once, my false mask was one of ambition and pushing and being, I wanted to be ultra beautiful. And she said one day to me, what are you trying to prove into who? And I was like, oh, wow. I didn't even know this was in there. Let's unpack this. I was trying to prove to my father, I wasn't stupid. I was trying to prove to my stepfather that I wasn't lazy. And that was ridiculous because he's been 
dead for 30 years. So um, I, it's like, I can just set that down. What if I didn't have to prove anything to anyone? What if I don't have to prove anything to God, me or anyone? What if I could just relax? And that was like, what a revelation, what an epiphany. And even trying to be out there and being the self-help author, it's like, well, how many eyes do you need on you for your ego to be satisfied? I was like, well, yeah. it's not about my ego. Well, isn't it? I was like, maybe it is. <laughs> maybe, maybe it is. Because God sees, God says, you don't need all eyes on you. I see you. I was like, damn, that's yes. a good one. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, look, I've had my own inner <laughs> discussions with myself when I'm in a situation and, you know, I'll say to myself, Okay, so you can bend steel, but can you let this thing go with this person? You know, <laughs> and I, I laugh at myself uh, <laughs> because I realize, you know, true strength is is really rooted in love. That's that's where real strength exists. If you are attracted to strength, then go the the way of love, and you will find more strength than you've ever imagined, and more freedom than you've ever imagined. Hmm. That's been my personal experience. That's so interesting. You know, years ago, I had this, um, there was a wild goose that lived in my backyard, and I named him Gordy, and he was kind of a loud, dorky kind of dude. But I, I fell madly in love with this goose and these ducks, and I would go out every day and feed them. And this went on for like five years, and then I read that they can live up to like 30 And I was like, cool, we're going to be friends for a long time. And then we had this particularly harsh winter, and... Um, a fox killed my goose and I was mm. so brokenhearted. I was so sad and um, he, was, he was out by the pond and made my husband go get him and carry him home. And he, he goes, what do you want me to do with him? I said, put him in the corn bucket. He was, was trying to get in the corn bucket. And I would go out every day and talk to my goose. And finally one day, Gordy in all of his wisdom said, Tammy, what are you doing? I said, but I love you, Gordy. I'm coming out to talk to you. And he goes, but I'm not here anymore. I said, but I love you. And he goes, there's always more love, Tammy. There's always more love. There's always more love. And I was like, I, it's like I had to let him energetically go. Such a smart dead goose. And um, it was interesting how when I kind of just, I cried my tears and I surrendered him, the love has continued to expand. I think so often we get stuck on what love needs to look like, be it a person or a pet or whatever, that, that, we we keep ourselves stuck but that love has continued to expand and now i i have um this love affair with horses and one in particular named samson that stole my heart and i i think about how this love has continued to evolve and expand and there's no end there's no end to the limit of love it's just a matter of um i think opening ourselves up to that place of receptivity and grace receiving and the knowingness that at least intellectually it's infinite so that it can continue to show up in our lives in kind of magical ways. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, the way you described that whole picture of dealing with the goose, um, Meister Eckhart sums it up to me where he says, God becomes and God unbecomes. Yes, that's exactly right. I say it's sort of like we're all this pure positive energy of love and then we bubble up out of the um, this realm of love and we put on our skin suit or a fur suit or a feather suit and then we bubble back down. From dust we come, from dust we go. It's like we bubble up and then we bubble back down and we bubble up 
and we bubble back down. And it's it can be so hard on this side of the veil to see those that we love in their skin suits or fur suits or feather suits, and then they're gone. It's like it it, but to at least understand and know that they're not really gone. It's just that they've changed frequency or bubbled back into this pure positive energy of love. At least intellectually understanding that has provided me with some solace. Absolutely. I have lost along the way as well, and I still speak to those that I've lost, um, but they have changed the form and fashion in which I speak to them now. But it does provide solace to know that, hey, you know, I believe we continue on forever. So it's a transition. Uh, yeah, from this and day. I, I prefer the word transition over death myself because death sounds so final. And to me, transition means we've just changed frequencies. It's like on the radio dial, you know, you just move it up and down to tune into different things. And um, it's like they're still there. They're just on a different frequency. And eventually I'm going to be on that frequency, too, because I'm going to shed this this skin suit and then um, melt back into the pure positive energy of, of love and grace and and connection with the divine. And I think it's going to be, you know, Abraham Hicks will say it's really a. Um, it's liberation, it's joy, and if people knew how good it felt, they'd be flinging themselves off of high buildings. <laughs> not that I want to do that yet. I know it's going to be amazing, but I'm not in a hurry. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, we were meant to live in this life. We weren't meant to just survive. We were meant to thrive. We were meant to experience blessing. We were meant to experience goodness. And even when I go on little walks in the evening, you know, little children be playing the parts, they'll turn and smile at me. I mean, you know, it's, it's magical. There's beauty in life all around us. John O'Donoghue taught me that uh, in his book, Beauty of the Invisible Embrace. Learn how to look for beauty, to expect the beauty of God to show up in the myriad revelations that he does. And in that way, he becomes and unbecomes because your perspective is always changing of who God is and what love is. As you expand, so does your interpretation of it. And that's really one of the most beautiful things. I think it's true. And I think um, you're a little bit garbled. I don't know if you need to change your frequency a little bit, Trevor. Okay. (laughs) um, I really say take the beauty that you perceive in the world personally, be it a hummingbird flying by or looking at you or the sunset or the flowers or I... For a while, um, I would say take the the waving of trees as God waving to you and acknowledging you. Imagine all the beauty of this world being just for you and taking it very personally that love is all around you and reflecting back to you your beauty, your importance, your glory. Who is the beauty of of this world for if not for you? So to open your mind and heart, to take it more personally and look for it and acknowledge it. And then when you see it, say, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you to the universe. Thank you to God. Thank you to love. And I think the more we do this, the more it can build on itself and expand and usher us the direction of greater and greater magic miracles and love. I completely agree. And that's one of the things that you've taught me that I have taken very deeply into my spirit is to take blessings personally as gifts from God. Yes. They're not just coincidence. They're, they're specifically for me. And in doing so, I allow myself to shift into a higher state of receiving 
and awareness and of being. It's yes, a very that, beautiful way to, to do it. It really is. And, you know, what, what that saying, um, coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. And today, I don't even use the word coincidence. I use the word God means. And, um, mm. and then I say that I know that was you, God. <laughs> I know that was you, and that was you too, and that's you too, and that's you too, and that's you too. It's, I believe, the animating force of all things, be it a tree or a goose or a horse or you or me or our friends listening to us, the animating force of all things is love. It's the energy that breathes us. It's the energy that creates the stars and the galaxies. It's, it's the um, quantum field. The animating force is the energy of love. And the more we really understand this and know this, the more we, well, the less we look for it in one specific person or place, um, we can relax and be love. And I think the more we do this, the more we naturally attract love. Yes, it's everywhere and it's in everything. Yeah, people will say to me, but Tammy, I'm too old for love. I'm like, you are love. How can you say that? If you just relax into the knowingness of who you are, you attract it. Instead of trying to get it, you be it, and then you attract it. You don't try to, like, chase chase it. You just receive it. Yes, truly, truly an abundant mindset. When you move into the state of already having received something, you find yourself giving the very thing that you were previously desiring to have. Absolutely. For years, I was trying to get love and get um, approval. But now I just live love and I live approval and it attracts it. So um, I guess it's time for us to say goodbye. <laughs> that went okay. so fast. My dear friends, thank you for spending time with us here on Journey to Center. Know that we love you. We're, you're in our heart and our prayers. Please be in touch with me at TammyBPhD.com. God bless you onward and upward. Sending you great love. Bye for now. Bye.